Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome once again to the WP Builds podcast. You've reached episode number 261, entitled Getting a Brief and Scoping the Project. It was published on Thursday the 13th of January 2021. My name's Nathan Wrigley and in a few minutes I will be joined by my co-host David Wormsley because this is one of our WordPress business bootcamp episodes. In fact, it's in series one and it's in episode three, which means that there are two episodes prior to this, but I'll tell you a little bit more about that in just a moment. Because first, the usual housekeeping. As you might imagine, we would love it if you were able to subscribe to our content so that each time we drop a new episode, you had it available to you in your inbox, if you like. And the best way to do that is to go to our subscribe page. That's wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. Once more, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. Over there are a multitude of ways that you can keep in touch. There's our YouTube channel. There's links to our very friendly Facebook group. Also, links to our Twitter feed. But probably most importantly, there's a couple of email lists that you can sign up to right at the top of the page. Two forms for two different types of content that you're going to receive. The first one is to do with the podcast episodes that we put out on a Thursday. That's the one you're listening to now. And we also record a live This Week in WordPress show every Monday, which is put out on a Tuesday. And you'll get that as well. Alternatively, if you want to find out about WordPress deals, I'm going to be making a bit more of an effort in the new year to find lots of WordPress deals. And there's a list just for that as well. So whole load of things, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. If you fancy something a bit quirky, head over to this URL, and yes, it is a URL, wpbuilds.social, wpbuilds.social. Yes, that is a URL. That is a Mastodon install, which is an open source project allowing us to emulate something like Twitter. It's a little bit quiet in there at the moment, but if you join, you never know. I'm always in there and we may be able to strike up a conversation. So one more time, wpbuilds.social. If you fancy finding some deals, head over to wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. It's a bit like Black Friday, but every day of the week, we've got tons and tons of WordPress products, things like themes, hosting, plugins, and blocks all on there. And those deals never go away thus far. I don't think we've removed any. Perhaps we've removed one. I can't honestly remember. But it's a surefire way to save yourself some money. Go and check it out. It's searchable and filterable. And I think that rounds off the housekeeping for this week. So let's talk about what's going on this week. David and I are doing an extended episode series. It's called the WordPress Business Bootcamp. We're in series one, but we plan to do multiple series, probably five or six. It's probably going to take us the entire year. And we've done a couple of episodes so far. We're still in series one, and this is episode three, entitled Getting a Brief and Scoping the Project. And so, as you might imagine, it is about those exact things. What do we do when we need to put out a proposal for a website? How do we get the brief? How do we work out what it is that we need to do? David and I discuss it from both our different perspectives. He's going for the agile approach. I'm going for the more traditional waterfall approach. So we have an interesting discussion about all the different things. Do we organize meetings? Do we keep it all in email? Do we tell them the way that we work or keep that a little bit secret? What do we do in terms of getting a possible budget for them and indicating the ways that we work? There's a whole load of different things that we might do, many, many ways that we might do it. And we have a chat about that on the podcast today. I hope that you enjoy it. Welcome to another in the WordPress Business Bootcamp series. It's a series where we relearn everything we know about building WordPress sites and running a web design business from start to finish. The premise is that we have our first potential client who we're calling Miss A. All we know about her is that she's a lawyer in a large city. She's asked a mutual friend who thought of us. We have few skills, no business or processes in place. She has no previous website or branding or copy. And Nathan and I, as we go through this series, will be taking different routes to 
get our business going and our website up and running. So we are presently on season one, which is the season before we build. So it's the before build season. So I'm not explaining that very well. And we're on episode three, which is about getting a brief and scoping the project. So Nathan, shall we just quickly recap on where we're up to so far? Yeah, the, I guess the idea is that you're taking a different approach to me and I'm going mm. more from the the traditional kind of waterfall model. So I've got a fixed price. I'm going to talk with the client and try to figure everything out before I begin the build, give them a contract, give them a proposal, those kind of ideas. Yeah. And, and then just sort of build the website, hand it over and see where we go from there. But the idea is that I get everything scoped out right from the outset. Yeah. And I'm going for, which is kind of new to me, and this is where I'm learning. I'm going what is kind of known as the agile approach where we don't we don't pretend to think we know how the project's going to go. So we kind of make a start on it, maybe with the aim of delivering some kind of minimal viable product, which just could be a landing page. And, and then we'll take it from there in iterations of work as an ongoing thing. So that's the approach I'm going at with yep. this. Yep, yep, yep. Sounds good. So hmm, okay. th th what is this episode three? And the intention really here is we're talking about getting a brief and scoping out the project. That's the, that's the, the intention of this one. Yes, exactly. So we haven't even made contact with our person next. So our problem is, you know, we need to make the next step. We, we know that they're interested. We'll assume that they've sent us a quick email saying, we know, blah, blah, and we hear that you could help us with a site. And that's all we know. So we've now got to start moving it forward to find out, you know, what we've really got in terms of work so we can then think about what we'll be talking about in the next episode which will be the, the agreement and the payment plan and all that kind of stuff um so we're really talking about how we're going to do our communication and how we're going to find out what the scope of this project is what we're taking on what works here for us yeah we uh, we spoke quite extensively about mm. what we were going to do today before we hit record and one of the one of the real key takeaways from me is that my own age and life experience has a real bearing on this and what mm. i mean is i think depending on let's say that you're very young you're 18 or something like that and you're new to the workplace i think mm. this this whole conversation could be completely different if you're that age or let's say that you're in your 50s or something like that and you've been in mm. you've been in work and you've seen scoping documents and proposal documents even though it's got nothing to do with websites you've you probably run across these things just by having people into your house to do the painting and decorating you know they've probably given you some kind of proposal but up until the age of 18 or 19 I'd probably never seen one of those kind of documents in my life and so I think it really does depend um, what your life experience is, how this whole conversation would develop. I think so. And also, I think, you know, if you're new into it, which we are supposed to be, or at least putting ourselves in those shoes, I think certainly for me, I felt the pressure to need to know how to do things. You know, when somebody asks me for an invoice or something, I'm scared to death. You know, what does everybody else submit? How right. pretty is it? But, do you know what I mean? Everything, yeah. you get really tied up in being conscious of how you're not a professional yet and comfortable in your own skin. So I think this is this first contact is always the trickiest thing. Let's shall we just talk about how we're going to do it? Because you and I might do it slightly differently yeah. anyway, as as it stands. So that emails come in. So what's going back from you to them? Okay, so I, I, I'm going to have to take this from the from the position of where I am now, not probably yeah. what I would have done as an as a 20 year old. Honestly, my first job these days would be to get that person on the phone. No matter what I do, I want to get that person on the phone because I feel that I do a better job talking than I do writing. One of the things right. that I learned early on is that essentially I can achieve far more in the three minutes in a phone call than I can with the 15 rounds of emails you know I get an email and then I have to reply to that and then another question comes in and I reply to that and I find that in most cases just the process of talking gets over that hump it also establishes a real rapport I think and then the phone call really is in my case because most of the stuff has been local most of my website bills have been local the the intention of that phone call is to mm. is to set up some kind of in-person meeting where again, I feel that that's my that's my A game, if you like. If I can sit with you and talk with you for an hour, 
I feel I can be more persuasive and demonstrate what it is that I'm going to bring to the table. And um, so that's 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 all I want to do at the beginning. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And and I guess I'm similar. I feel I can probably do more in person if I can talk to them and get some relationship. In, uh, I would think, I, like you say, I think I would have been different perhaps if I'd have been 20. I'd have been very conscious of myself. Um, and I would probably like to put more things in, in an email. You you have another step, though, which you, you've got from training courses as well. So that first email, you might respond first to send them back right to your site. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. That's that's a good point. So the th there's this kind of like, I, I, I don't really know if I believe in this anymore, but it certainly is something that I've done in the past. And we'll get on to why I might not believe in it. But having been on various courses and spoken mm. to various people about this i've set up a form which is kind of like a, a tire kickers form the the mm. intention of this is that at first contact i send you to a, a slightly overcomplicated form which establishes whether or not you are actually that interested in other words there's more questions than perhaps there ought to be. It's definitely not a form with two fields, name and comment. This has got all sorts of information about, you know, what is it you want to achieve? Do you have your branding stuff in place? All of that. And there's, it probably takes about eight to ten minutes of hard work filling it out. But it also sets up the pricing expectations. So mm. it, it demonstrates clearly that in my case... You, there's no point in trying to pursue this if you've only got, let's say, £200, for want of a better word, because it says, what's your budget? And the, the minimum figure is in excess of that. And mm. the more that I've done that, the less I believe that's a good idea, because, well, do, do you want to explain your thoughts on that first? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I've I've moved away from it. I mean, mm. I was... Also, I've heard the same advice from multiple places and I can understand it going back. I think maybe going back a little while, um, it was easier to get clients. Uh, there, was, there wasn't the page builders hadn't taken off, so more people needed our skills. And I think, you know, we were in a profession where we're not the best business people on the whole. We tend to be creative, so we do this stuff and then we kind of get abused really by people not. And the idea is to just kind of raise our game a bit, you know, stop going down to the lowest figure and, you know, set some high expectation for your, your, your value of the job that you do. So I understand it, getting rid of those people or setting an expectation. But what I've found myself is because I don't get those people and I feel like I, I've kind of turned people, I think, into tire kickers through my conversations by, by making them, giving them reasons to be apprehensive. All the kind of reasons we talked about in that series we did ages ago about watertight marketing, things that can get in the way of them saying yes. So now I'm flipping it and saying, okay, we'll just have the chat. And then because of my agile approach, I'll just say, well, let's just start. We don't know how it's going to work out. And we'll go with your lowest risk thing, even if that's just a landing page. So, and and what I think is, or what seems to be the case is that the people who might have been weeded out because it's, I don't know, just over two grand and they, they did think it was just a few hundreds will probably spend that two grand because they'll upsell themselves because they just didn't know at that point what a website meant or could mean to their business. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And that's why that that modus operandi feels to me at least like it might not have legs in every situation because certainly some of the, the clients that I've worked with best over the years, if I'd have put them through that form, probably yeah. wouldn't have got through it. I, I literally wouldn't have heard from them. You know, they, they would have got halfway through it and just thought, oh, forget this, and just shot the shut the website down and that would have been the end of it. So I can see that it's definitely got some utility, but it, yeah. it also puts a, fight, a fake barrier in the way. And um, for want of a better word, it, it, you, like you say, tire kickers. Well, maybe the tire kickers are just tire kickers because they don't actually know what they want. It's not because they're not good for you and they won't provide you with income over the, over the years. It's just yeah. that they're really not sure what they want and they just want a bit of advice. And putting up that barrier kind of pushes them away. And yeah. and so I'm not 100% certain if that's the best way to do it. Does it work? Yes. Is it always best? I probably think these days, no. So and, there's something and, to be said for that. Yeah, and I think I think time has moved on. And I think this is why it's good for us to reevaluate because 
Also, back in those early days when I think people were saying get rid of the tyre kickers because of the circumstances there, we hadn't really got used to the idea that we would be selling ongoing care plans because we needed those because of the licenses of page builders and stuff. In the early days of WordPress, it was all it was all kind of pretty much lifetime deals or no licenses at all. So you didn't have that to consider. And I think now our models have changed, like my models changed to almost a hosting business, really. That's what brings the money in. So I do, you know, those people I wanted to exclude will be long-term quite profitable for me without yep. much work, Yep. you know. So it changes because of, I think the technology's changed and what clients want has changed and, uh, and you know, what we can offer has changed over the time. I think it, it's quite a beguiling thought though, isn't it? You know, the idea that you'll put this form up there and yeah, you, will, yeah. you will weed out everybody who's going to waste your time. Whereas... Yeah. Really, I think you could probably figure that out in two minutes in a phone call as well. So that, I think that will be my ongoing approach is just yeah. to try to talk to people. You'll you'll very quickly figure out if they have no idea, if they're just kind of browsing around really akin to going into a shop and just picking things up and examining them and putting them down. You know, there's that whole process and making yourself available, I think, in, certainly these days, you know, everybody can put up a form, but how many people are willing to get on the phone with you and chat things through with you? Maybe that's going to be the difference in the future. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's going to be some businesses out there, definitely, because, the, I mean, it's obviously going to be a case. Bigger agencies than us will need to have, you know, 20K or something because they've got staff team of developers or something with six people and you can see under their circumstances they do need to weed that out because there's no point you know um but yeah for for us i think it's you really got to think about whether that's going to work you know long term in your favor or not so i I would say for for this mystery person who's coming through the door miss a though it is it you've got to do some sort of qualification though right even if that's just Mm talking to them on the phone and asking them things about mm. their budget we'll get onto that in a minute but you know you've got to you've got to have some process you can't just jump on board of every single person who communicates with you and start building their website there's got to be there's got to be some process of figuring out what the scope of work is so anyway let's delve think- into that more yeah, let's do that. But just one question for you. Do you think you like to get on the phone or you give time to people a, a little bit because of the fact that you're local? Because even if they're not going to be the right person for you, the fact that you've engaged with them and they know who you are, they might pass on your name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's yeah. definitely happened. I, In fact, I would say that's a great revenue stream for me is people just phoning up and saying, oh, I heard about you from... And actually, it's curious. I don't know if you when you were living in the UK or where you are now in India, I don't know if you do that, but I often will begin conversations with people who I've never spoken to before. The first words which come out of my mouth are, oh, a friend of mine, such and such, uh, told me about you. And, And I use that as a tool to sort of make them aware that I know that they've done work for people that I, you know, do you know what I mean? That you're sort of establishing this circle of friendship and yeah. and I and that's definitely happened to me in that you know people have phoned up and, and said those words back at me you know such and such a person told me that you build websites and so I'm I'm giving you a call and I think it's really effective word of mouth stuff oh it's gold yeah I mean good stuff good 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 psychology there yeah. I think yeah. the kind of tribe tribe mentality yeah. you're one of them um, yeah. Oh, okay. Let's so so we both go for a call. I go. My thing is that I just try and you know just say let's just book a chat, and then I send them to my uh, chat thing where they can book it, and then I'll have an online chat right. because I can't see people in person. My my clients are thousands of miles away from me. So do you do like a Zoom call it. though, where you show your yeah. face on camera, or is it like just audio or? Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I put the link there says they don't have to show themselves if they don't want, but I'll be there on camera myself. Um, so I don't know why I think that showing my face is a, a thing that's going to aid the process, but but I do, you know. Um. No, no, I think it does. I think it really helps. Honestly, yeah. I think if if you if you just do audio, that's one yeah. thing. You might be really good at that, but I I don't think there's any downside to coming on camera. I mean, obviously, if you are, yeah. you know. If, if you are living in an environment and you're showing that you're incredibly untidy and messy and 
you've clearly got a room where there's just debris and detritus everywhere. Maybe not. But in most situations, if you've got a, a you know, you're in your sitting room and you've got, you've got, you know, you've made an effort with your presentation and so on. I don't think that can hurt. I think that seems like no. a good idea. Well, anybody who's listened to this knows how unfocused I am when I'm talking, and that's what they get. Yes. So if they can put up with that, then we're off to a good start. If they can't, you know, I've weeded them out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so what is? Yeah. So now we really just need to look at what kind of questions we're going to ask someone, so we can start getting this proposal ready. So that first call is is going to be some way of gaining some basic information about. Uh, what they want or is that when you're moving them to a an actual meeting yeah really the purpose of that phone call in my mind is to just get a meeting of some kind okay. into the diary and but inevitably that that first conversation does go in all sorts of crazy directions you know so they might ask me about how much i charge they might ask me how many people work with me and all of those kind of things and how many websites i've built and can i show them uh, you know, different websites and so on and so forth. But m my intention really is just to, essentially, I use a, a bit of a script. I don't have it written down, but it, it goes something like, um, I, I would, I'd love to chat with you about this some more, but I, I feel that the best way to do that is if I come over to your office, I'll bring, I'll bring a computer. We could sit down over a coffee. Maybe it'll take half an hour, 20 minutes, something like that. And, and I'll just show you what I can do for you. And that that's essentially what I'm trying to get out. And I I can I can't even think of a time when it, somebody said, no, no, that's weird. I don't want to do that. Usually <laughs> that works very well for me. Yeah, that's good. So you, so you get to their office, you, you look at their coffee machine and see it makes espresso coffee and think that's another grand on the project. That's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Depending on the quality of the coffee. No, I'll tell you what, though, it can. This technique, though, can misfire. Because yeah. it, you really can end up in places where you think, "Oh my goodness me, we've got we've just got nothing in common," or you end up in a room with somebody who has clearly got no interest in the project. So it's not a magic bullet; it can totally misfire. You know, you end up having to talk to somebody who doesn't want to be there, or the conversation is really awkward, and you do your best to turn it around, but you you end up walking out thinking, "Oh boy, you know that that was difficult." But then I think to myself, "Well, that." That, that was always going to be difficult. It, it's not it's not made worse by me showing up. I've just figured out that this client and I probably aren't going to work too well together. And you have to make judgments beyond that. Hey, with your phone call, hmm. do you do you kind of work out who you're going to meet and what what responsibility do they have? I mean, you, you always pick like I do one person to work with yeah. on a project. Yeah. So do you do you find out at that point? what their responsibility is or do you just kind of wing it and well it out I, and I ask I ask that in that meeting anybody so in the end when the project goes forwards I want one person because I just find that that's way right. way more straightforward but at the point of meeting yeah. I would like anybody who can can either either move the project forward or shut the project down I want all of those people in the room so typically that's one person but sometimes it might be two or three people i think the most i've had is three or four something like that and i just would yeah. like them to be there so that everybody knows what they're getting themselves in for yeah so i mean how do you go about kind of judging the size of this do you do you, i mean do you present anything at all or do you just really a, a know the questions to ask them and listen i i've adopted the, the, the there's this thing called the go wide go deep thing yes and troy dean from what was wp elevation kind of put this on my radar and i, and I quite like it just because it's a well i i, I say i quite like it I, I don't know if it works terribly effectively for me because i find that i'm better often just having a general chat but the intention mm. of that system and you can you can google it Google WP Elevation, go wide, go deep. The The intention of that is just to sort of drill down and keep asking the question, well, why? Why do you want this? Why do you want this? And then for every response that they give, you ask another question until eventually you dry up. There's nowhere else to go. And hopefully at that point, they've, they've delivered to you the crucial kernel of what it is that they need, whether, I don't know, we want to sell more widgets or yes. we want to rebrand or we're having a complete 
we're moving all of our offices to a different city or whatever it might be. The intention is to drill down to that. So, yeah, I, I've used that in the past. I think I think you have too, have you or not? Well, I sort of, well, I've listened to that stuff and it's not that dissimilar from what a lot of other people who run these kind of courses to help you sell your services do. Chris Doe is another one who, you know, trains people how to... Uh, <laughs> talk to the the clients to find out what it is that they want but all of them are tend to be coaching it in terms of what their business needs from and what you can deliver to help their business grow more um to get obviously the value pricing that most of those prefer so i haven't really because uh, because I've seen people shut down. We had a friend of ours who who was shut down by all of his target market for trying to do that because they guessed what he was trying to do. He was yeah. trying to find a, a route in to offer more than what they wanted. As far as they're concerned, they wanted a pretty website. They didn't really, they didn't see it as their place to start helping them with their business aims. So they were cutting them off prematurely. So I've always avoided it really, even though I've, I, you know, I can see the sense in it and depending on the type of business you have, I can understand why, you know, it can be useful training for people. But for me, because of the clients that naturally came to me through my colleague were a lot of local tradespeople, you know, they were barely understanding what the web could do for them, you know? So no, I didn't, go that route i think this is a this is a really interesting conversation because it does bring up all sorts of things and i think in the absence of any idea of what you're doing so if you are literally doing this for the first time like we're imagining we are doing having Mm. some process in place some system and in this case you know the go wide go deep system is is a good idea because at least you're walking mm. into the room with a with a sense of okay my purpose yeah. right now is to is to follow this plan and and that that's nice and reassuring because if you go in there and you've never done it before and all you end up doing is having a general conversation and I've definitely done this before at the outset just essentially have a conversation like you would do down the pub in the hope that something <laughs> yeah. productive will come out of it and it hasn't because I didn't steer it. And you end up walking out of the premises and you're thinking, what it, What just happened? I don't even know what, what, that, what was the purpose of that. And it was because I didn't take the lead. So I, I, think there yeah. is, I think there is utility in having a system like that at the beginning. But I'm sure that as you, as you develop in the role and you've done it more and more times, you'll figure out, actually, that's, that isn't working for me or, or you'll perfect the system or drop it entirely and come up with your own system. But I think at the beginning, yeah. in the scenario that we're talking about, having some system is probably quite reassuring and it gives you a purpose going in. And, and honestly, it will allow you to sort of direct the meeting and make sure that nobody's wasting anybody's time. Yeah, I think for me, I mean, I've got a few stock things that I'll do without a system, which will just be really finding out, you know, I mean, if they've got an existing site, which we know with our client that we've made up, they don't. So I probably next thing I'd want to know is, do they have anything? Do they have any branding that's been made for them? Yeah. You know, maybe they've had calling cards or something, which has got some colors and fonts that I can use. Yeah. Do they have any content ready just to get some idea and to get some idea as well for me about what I might need to bring into the project? Because do they have the time for that? Yeah. Um, a little bit like I think you do as well is ask them if they, you know, if there's any particular competitor sites that we should look at or whether there's any particular sites that they like. That's their sort of own preference, if yes. you like. Yes. Aesthetics. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's really interesting because in a sense, you're, the geographical location of you com- compared to me means that we do things differently. You're, you're trying to get people to go to a website to fill out a calendar booking form in order to have an in-person, in air quotes, you know, Zoom call, whatever. And I'm trying to do exactly the same thing. I'm just trying to get them on a call um, so that I can go ultimately and see them in person. Obviously, you know, um, COVID dependent. But we're both trying to do the same kind of thing. We're trying to take it into a a personal meeting. And for me, that works. If you... If you are not very good in those situations, I'm guessing you would you would have to w- walk away from the strategy that both David and I are adopting and try something different. Yeah. And I think one thing I've learned over the years with this one, which I definitely got wrong in the beginning, is that I let the... I, I try to find processes that would make me look professional and make me know where I'm going for onboarding. So that involved some other things where they could submit content and information that might help me 
come to a proposal or something. But I just realized that people are just people and you kind of have to adjust to them. So in some ways, the, the having a chat with them can work in your favor because at least you're, you're kind of bending to who they are, um, where I think, you know, it can be a real disaster if you try and, as I constantly say this one, kind of bang square pegs into round holes yeah. with people. Yeah. Um, they're going to give you the information one way or another, and you might have to have a, a roundabout conversation. For me, though, this this one, the proposition and the next episode when we talk about contracts puts the pressure on your model, not mine, because mine tries to skip that altogether. Yes. With saying, you know, I'm saying, for me, the, be, the big key things for me are, look, I have a page builder here, and I'm quite happy to help people if they want to save on spending money on what I can do. If you've got some skills and that you can do some of it yourself, you can add in the content and get used to it. And I'll find out whether they want to do that, whether that's of interest to them, because I want to set them up so they've got a few videos so they can start and really work with me or whether that's just not going to be right for them at all. So I try and work that stuff out. But usually I'm saying, look, this is how I, what I need to explain to them is that I honestly, I want to save them money. And I think neither of us, if we're honest, will know where we're going. So why don't we just start on this thing um, to start with and see how it goes? And yeah. that might just be a landing page to get something up there, which will work as a site. And then, you know, if it carries on and you're happy, you book me again and we carry on and we get the rest of the site done. Yeah. And we book it until you're happy. Yeah. I mean, it really does stand in stark contrast to my methodology that I'm adopting for this series because I'm all about trying to figure out everything at this yeah. point i'm trying to work out exactly what they need how many pages how many custom post types i need all the images and the assets and the copy i need all of that stuff up front yeah so that i can accurately predict how much it's going to cost which was obviously you know the subject of a, a different episode but um yeah completely different i need i need to work really hard in that meeting to the initial meeting where we're trying to figure out what's going on. I need to work really hard to ascertain exactly what they need so that I can walk away from that um, in the knowledge that I've, I'm going to give them the right price that will be profitable for me and get the job finished. Do you ever get, I mean, with functionality, because that's usually the, the most difficult bit. Well, for us, the challenge is actually designing something, but you know, but that's often the, the bit where it gets tricky. Do you, I mean, with your clients, have you ever been surprised with this where you've missed it on that first conversation and then they've turned up with something which is really complex that they need that they didn't let you know about? No, not so much. I, okay. I can't think of an example where... Do you mean li literally what I got from them was utterly not what they wanted? <laughs> well, yeah, that's... But that's yeah, no, about, no, yeah. I don't think I've ever missed the target that much. Uh, the truth is that in most situations, they don't really want anything complicated. You know, it, it's all yeah. within the scope of what WordPress and a handful of uh, pre-discovered plugins can do. Um, yeah. No, I, I don't... I mean, those kind of problems have arisen during the build, but not at the outset. It, it only became obvious when they saw what was going on and thought, oh, I, I want to change that slightly. But I've never had something where it was utterly, ridiculously different, no. And I think I think if that happened, you'd have to basically say, okay, scrap that proposal. I'm coming in for another meeting and let's, let's do it all again. Right, fair enough, yes. No, I guess, I mean, most of the stuff that I know that you've done tends to, even though it's got a lot of functionality, it might be e-commerce, but it's a fairly standard setup. Yeah where yeah. you know what you can offer and things like uh, state agents sites and things like that. You what know, about you uh, though? Have you, you run aground with that? You know, I know that you used to do the sort of proposal <laughs> model, you know, that's not what you're going to be doing in the future. Have you ever missed the target entirely? Well, I've, I've kind of missed the target with my agile approach um, because I haven't fully, I, I took on a job, which at the moment um, it's been very, I, it moved over to me and it's been going on for a very long time. And they had a very clear vision and they asked me because they started doing it on Squarespace with somebody else was going to add some code on it. And then they wanted to move it to me because I'd done, this would be their seventh site for the same company. There are lots of different divisions. That's why they were doing it independently so they brought it back to me said can i do this very clear they want this vision very very functional in terms of how um images would open and display things. Oh, right, yeah. lots of javascript stuff so i said yes i can do that 
um, you know, there's a few little things where you'll have to be aware of. I'm putting some custom code in and it's a page builder, but it's gone through about, you know, I think we must be on the fifth vision now. And some of the things they've been asking me, and I'm so grateful that I said, look, my skills are this. I'm an implementer who knows a bit of CSS, pretty good on that pretty terrible when it comes to JS. If we need something else, we need to hire in if it has to be, you know, particular. And because I set that up up front, it's not been too much of a problem, but it's not running the way that I would like it to run. I wouldn't do it again. Let's put it like this, yeah. if, you know, yeah. um, I would set it up in a different way because I'm not part of the process about why it's getting changed, the vision. Yeah, it's interesting. I think I think you grow into the the ability to admit your limitations. I would yes. imagine that almost everybody beginning this whole career of web development probably <laughs> yeah. does go through that imposter syndrome of, okay, well, I need to pretend that I can do everything because <laughs> yeah. that just feels like, well, I'm in a competitive marketplace. There's a whole load of people that will be quoting or proposing for this website. I need to be able to claim to be able to do everything. And, and it takes a bit of maturity going through life yeah. a little bit to figure out, actually, you know what? I can just tell them that I do what I do and we can figure out how to do all the other stuff, but it might mean, you know, another third party person coming on board if it's something that's out of scope. But in your case, it's it's affordable. It's, it's yeah. you know, it's we're not charging big bucks. So that's what you get. Yeah, exactly. And they couldn't go for big bucks. I'll find them the solution if they really want to do it. They still want to do it with me, you know, tinkering around, changing existing modules yeah. and stuff. But yeah. so, and they're happy with that. But I mean, I wouldn't do the process um, now, learning again the way that I started that. I mean, it's, you know, I would have definitely been arguing, let's get it out in any form so it earns you some money instead of this process. Yeah. Okay, shall we move on? Should we talk about? Do you want? Yes. Do you want to talk about what what would happen in that meeting? We've probably got a slightly different, although I'm sure there's a lot of crossover between what we're doing. Yeah, well, so my meeting is just the same one. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, we see if we like it, if I can understand what it is that they want, and get some idea um, what the criteria is. Then my next thing is always simple: they just go and book again online the first session we're doing right um and also book by hosting for that so mine i've got it really easy here you have to drill down a lot more in that meeting yeah so th there is a bit of a process and, and i can't claim to have been the originator of this process most of this is just borrowed from uh, other courses and listening to other people talking about it but mm. uh, as an example i i do actually record the the right. meeting i set the phone I mean, it's a phone, um, nothing elaborate. I'm not setting up a microphone or anything like that. I just plonk the, the phone down and say, I'm going to record this meeting if that's all right, because it's quite likely that I will forget most of what we said in, you know, the fine detail if we get into that. So on goes the, the phone. Nobody's been freaked out by that so far. And I do say, honestly, I will be destroying this yeah. audio uh, as soon as it's the project has been launched and it's, there's no use for it anymore, and then then I just open up a chat and and it usually is this this sort of go wide go deep thing where I'm just asking them questions. Essentially, I'm just trying to find out what they want. It's as simple as that. Yeah. I'm not doing yeah. a presentation. I'm not sitting down and showing them a set of slides or standing up in front of a lectern or anything like that. It's it's a chat. Yeah. Okay, tell me tell me what you need and and we just go through it and that process takes I don't know, 20 minutes, half an hour, something like that and as soon as I sense that the um that I'm getting to what it is that they really need, we just drill down on that and begin to to talk about what it is that they would like out of the website and it's very much an iteration where they they say things like can it do this? And I say, well, yeah, that's that's really that's yeah. really in yeah. in budget, or that's the sort of thing which is typically done. Or if it's pretty obvious that they've got no familiarity with the internet, you know, they might be a casual user of websites. It, I feel it's my job at that point to inject. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about adding this capability? Or what if we did it this way so that people could search for such and such a thing? So it's toing and froing between me and them. But I record it. So that afterwards, mm. if I've forgotten anything, and, and I'm taking notes, by the way, all this time, if my mm. notes aren't up to scratch or if I'm just scratching my head thinking, what did they say there? I've got a backup to go to. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good thing. I mean, I could do that very easy with 
when I've got them online and do it. I don't. I mean, I, what I started doing recently, and it is very recently, is I've put up a Google document by the side of things that I know that I probably want to ask them, usually based on something, you know, so I know it's a lawyer. I might be interested in what type of lawyer they are, whether they've got partners or stuff in our case, and I all these things that I feel I should have asked them and, and a few pointers of things I ought to tell them about how we do our business. And then anything they say, I kind of slot on my notes there. That's all it is. And sometimes that will sometimes that will form the basis of something I would just share with them as the first Google document. And a lot of, uh, I'm really into that idea of keeping it simple. The way that you and I communicate is through a Google document and yeah. it's quite effective. Yeah. And if there's no, you know, no startup, almost everyone's, you know, got a Gmail account. So yeah. But, but anyway, the, the intention that's... really is to sort of drill down and figure out what it is that they want. And, and at the end of that meeting, when yeah. everything's said and done, you know, half an hour has gone by or an hour or whatever, my intention is to leave that meeting with the line, okay, in a few days' time, I will drop a proposal into your inbox. That's right. that's basically where I'm going next. After I've listened to them, I'm saying, okay, something will arrive. And I, I don't specify tomorrow or the day after because I'm never quite sure that I'll get around to it as quickly as that. But the intention is to leave them thinking, okay, something will arrive. Um, look out for it in your, your inbox. I'm not doing typed up versions. I'm not printing this out. This is all going through email. I, I'm sure that, you know, right. lots of people yeah. will be actually printing it out on fine quality paper and handing it over, but that's not, not what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, occasionally from these meetings, it's interesting because somebody is, they've had a previous site before and they've got different aims and it, their site isn't doing very well, which is recent job. I, now a third job for the same client, but I didn't know they'd set up these Squarespace, uh, uh, Squarespace sites elsewhere yep. uh, for different areas of the business that they do. And, and our conversation, I mean, I literally had to say, I'm going to have to think about what you're trying to right. do and come back. And and it turned out that we're, what we're now doing is an entirely different thing to what they were doing. They were kind of trying to um, sell different kind of installers of something in different areas. And now it's turned into a whole content marketing platform that we're building for them because that would be the sensible way for them to attract people. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting how some of these things can go. Um, but yeah, you, you've got a scope thing. So, I mean, uh, what kind of things are you, uh, what do you need to put into your your kind of document, your proposal? What yeah, you... yeah, this, this is really interesting. J just before I get onto that, can I, can I just sort of say yeah. it's interesting because you, my, my real intention is to leave that meeting and everything yeah. that I need from that moment on is tied up. But yeah. in the show notes that we shared, there's, there's this idea of, well, what if you get home and you realize that there was something yeah. that you missed or something that you wish to ask, I, I I don't know at that point what I would do because I don't think I've ever had to do that. I would make uh, the proposal based upon the meeting that we had I, in the hope that I'd covered everything during that meeting. But if there was yeah. obviously something that and I'm thinking, oh, darn, I didn't mention that or I didn't ask about that, I guess I would be back on the phone trying to organise just a quick telephone conversation to clear something up. But I, I don't know if that's something you want to comment on. Yeah, I, and also I was just, you know, going back to our fictional lawyer. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I think I would be a little bit more scared yeah. than I normally am. Yeah, um, yeah. Because, you know, they, you know, I mean, women tend to be more efficient than men, in my experience, in the workplace anyway. Um, and I'm a waffler. And also she's a lawyer, so she's kind of bright. So yes, um, time is money. So time is money, David. You I know. know. I might have to sharpen up my skills a bit with yeah. her in mind yeah. and and put down a, a really good list. So, I mean, I think I'd be trying to establish a lot of things. For, if I needed to scope in your shoes, I mean, I would definitely be trying to get to whether it's going to need hiring in skills for this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know what else I would be. Yeah. I mean, fortunately, I can go... Uh, you would probably win this better than I will. I, I might have to go for Miss B. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. The, the the actual proposal itself, do you want to get... Are we at the point where we would talk about that yeah, document? Sure. My my document follows a, a template, basically. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of filling in the blanks. I wrote it years ago, and I've just tweaked the language... 
And essentially, it does start out with uh, a little bit of waffly nonsense about who I am. You know, right. th- we've been doing this for such and such a number of years and, and so on and so forth. Those kind of things, just to just to add a little bit of context. And then I'm right in on describing in fine detail. Essentially, I'm picking apart their project into sections that they can easily understand. So it might be things like, you know, setting up the the, the, the WordPress website preceded mm. by getting some getting some hosting up and running. And then we're talking about, you know, setting up a possibly a wireframe. I don't tend to do that anymore just because page builders kind of take all of that burden away. But getting getting something bare bones, making sure that we've got the right number of pages and then moving on to the next stage. And, and I'm just blocking the project off into different stages, the final stage mm. being handing it over. And then I, in the proposal further down, I will illustrate what the, the financial terms are. You know, it might be yeah. a 30-30-40 um, split or it might be a 50-50 split, you know, 50 as a deposit, 50 upon completion. And then sign at the end and we're off. That's really all that that proposal's doing. Mm. Yeah, oh no, that sounds good because I really haven't put anything that you would call a proposal together ever really it turns out to be an email of what we're trying to do and since i've moved to this new approach it's kind of new for me but i'm just wondering um is i i think it has a bearing so what you what you need to scope uh will depending on how tight your contract it's it's all about mitigating risk isn't it with your contract yeah so i i presume if there's a lot of money on the table the scoping needs to be more intense oh, than the document you send in yeah there's, as well. there's, there's no doubt if the if the project has more zeros on the end then yeah. the proposal is 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 better shall we just say you know <laughs> i take more care in every word that i write uh, i might even <clears throat> excuse me you know i might start to tailor the the actual color scheme on the proposal so that it matches their branding i might even go to the lengths of Mm. i don't know finding images off their current website and include those kind of things as kind of background images all of that nonsense just to just to make it feel a little bit more and yes i will go into much finer detail in terms of every single shred of the whole thing will just get more of my attention because i i feel it's worth it I, i i think you'd be You'd be mad to treat a proposal for two hundred pounds the same as one for twenty thousand pounds. They're just you just need yes, to spend more course. time on it. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I mean, like you, I mean, the next step is going. I mean, if they say yes to it, it's difficult, isn't it? Because when you put your proposal, it's a sales document, isn't it? And yeah. it's got to be attractive yeah. to them. It's got to, you know, they've got to think, yeah, you're the person to go with. But you've also got to set yourself up. So when you do move to the contract bits, you know, you've referenced what you're talking about as well yes. when you want them to sign that. Yes. Um, for me, it's okay because the contracts in my particular situation have gone out the window. Yep. It's just a basic agreement. But um, also the thing for me, I'll throw it in because in terms of they're always going to ask some ballpark figure for the cost. So usually my get out uh, is that I say, look, I know this is why I do it our way because we don't know how it's going to go. But I can tell you that a basic you know, looking quite decent website is going to take me a minimum of 12 hours, usually 12 to 16. So a sprint of work to get a minimal viable website out would cost that much. But the rest depends on you. You know, if we're moving into, I have to come up with a copy and stuff. It starts to add on and stuff like that. So I give them that as my kind of ballpark figure where I can give them a fixed fee, which is one sprint of work based roughly on the sort of hours that it's going to take me to do my, my side of the deal. Yeah, yeah. I think we've probably come to the end. Is there anything we've missed out? Well, let's have a little look. Um, scoping document. No, I think I think we've probably about nailed it there, David. There's a lot on this document. I will. What I might do with this one, because you and I had a bit of a toing and froing with mm. the with the show notes. I might just copy and paste the show notes in, and it will demonstrate where we were thinking about a lot of these. We've we've covered most of the ground, but there's probably a few bits that yeah. we missed. But most of it, yeah. I think, is is what we've covered. Yeah, indeed, we've got co- probably the most comprehensive notes on this one, and we've entirely ignored them. Yeah, just <laughs> it just goes to show. So, what's the next one then? 
Well, we're moving into um, agreements, contracts, and payments. Again, the pressure's going to be on you because mine are very simple. Is there ever going to be an episode where the pressure's not on me? Is it? Is that <laughs> I'm hoping not. I'm, I'm really selling my kind of approach, aren't I? Yeah, with this yeah. One? that's right. Yeah. Just sit back and watch the money roll in. Don't do anything. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see you in a couple of weeks, David. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Thank you. Bye. Well, I certainly hope that you enjoyed that episode today. Always lovely to chat to David Wormsley, and I'm really enjoying this brand new series. Well, I say brand new. We're obviously on episode three, but many, many, many more episodes to come. Please drop a note or a comment, either in our Facebook group. Go and search for the WordPress Business Bootcamp. It's episode number 261. Or drop a comment on the WPBuilds.com website. We'd be most interested in what it is that you think about the content that we're producing. Okay, we will be back next week. It won't be David and I having a chat. It's most likely to be an interview. Don't forget, though, this week in WordPress, happening live on a Monday, WPBuilds.com forward slash live. Alternatively, you can subscribe on our subscribe page and we'll keep you updated whenever we produce content. I hope that you have a lovely, safe week. I'm going to fade in some cheesy music and say bye-bye for now.